Welcome to another episode of the Super Classy Midwest Sports Podcast. The Kansas Jayhawks are ready to invade New Orleans for their 16th Final Four appearance and their quest for their 6th NCAA National Championship. We are coming to you live from our man cave to your man cave. I am your host, DC Dizzle, and with me as always is the doc himself, the hype man. Hype man, how you doing, sir? Dude, I'm doing pretty good, brother. And yourself? Oh man, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for. I'm ready to see KU put up number six up in that fog. I don't feel out, sir. Too. Hey, how many final fours you said this was? This is number sixteen. Sixteen. You know how many Missouri has? Uh, zero. Zero. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> to that. Sucks to be there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I think it's cool. I was, um, I was reading a uh, Ochai Abaji's tweet on uh, Monday night. Yeah. What and he, he said. Saying? He said. This is for the 2020 team. Oh, yeah. The best team in the nation, and they get to finish off yeah. because of COVID. You know, we talk about that team a lot. We do. Because that was a tough that was a th- opportunity. It was, it was, it was missed. So it is. We, you know, I'm worried about Villanova because Jay Wright just seems to have our number. Like, man, he, that, that dude, that fool knows how to beat KU. He so. does. And I'm really worried about the uh, – We can't be missing free throws and stuff. Dude, that first half, man, I'm just shaking that me. first half. Yeah, I was too. I tell you, if we play that second half like we did against Miami, yeah. hey, we're going to win it. Warning to our listeners, don't drink cappuccino before the game, all right? So Uh-oh, I, what yeah. happened? Yeah, it's just too much. <laughs> the combination of the cappuccino and the anxiety of the game is too much. Right. <laughs> hey, we got a good episode today, so I guess before we get going here, we're going to offer our PC apology for anyone who's easily offended. We're sorry. So, yeah. And if you want complaints, any complaints or anything negative towards us, you can yeah. send it to we don't care at yahoo.com. Yeah, we really want to hear those. We love we love hearing those. We love um, so send we don't care at yahoo.com. If there's a topic you want us to touch base on or you want us to talk about, yeah, or just become a guest on the show or just come out and hang out with us, and which is how we got today's topic exactly it was a a, a guest of this or a listener of the show it was who who came up with this idea it was and we like to give props to uh marcus brother marcus yes brother marcus That's thank right. you for giving us a topic to talk about today sir and we'll get uh, to admit but hey you got other ideas you can email us thus uh those to us too yeah uh, midwest sports 35 at yahoo.com if uh, you want to throw uh, some ideas out to us or heck you can just Every time we post on Facebook, you want to mm-hmm. put a topic out there, we will definitely fit it in a schedule and, uh, yeah, you know, for future episodes, you know. So, and that that's how we got today's topic, which we want. It's it's a great topic. We want to talk about uh, the history of the Negro Leagues, and and really want to know why do we still call it the Negro Leagues? You know, um, considering that's kind of an offensive term. It is, you know, but uh, we'll get into that and. Uh, I think we want to talk a little bit about some other stuff, too. we got a new yeah. segment today we want to call uh, Thoughts On, which is French for Thoughts On. Thoughts which, On. Which would be our, our Thoughts On, whatever we, yeah. have, whatever we, got, we have Thoughts got, On. we got a couple of stuff we like to talk about, yeah, you know. Yeah. And you know what? we got Thoughts On a lot of stuff. And and uh, I guess the question is, why, why do we still call it the Negro Leagues? And this is what Marcus was bringing up, you know. The fact that it's 2022... And that this kind of offensive term, like we would, you would never, you would never call, a, a, you know, a black man a Negro, you know, right. or use that term in any other fashion. Right. Why? Why, why do we still? Well, why I we think. Still call it that? I think first, let's 
I mean, before we get into deeper this topic, let's kind of give a little background of the Negro League, how it kind of formed. Great idea. Uh, you know, all that before we get into the topic. So, I mean, in case our listeners aren't understanding what the Negro League yeah. actually is about. It's a great idea, Dizzle. You know, so I think first we'll start off. Well, all right. Well, first off, we'll start off about misconceptions about the Negro League. It Technically, there there was no Negro League. It was a variety of leagues yeah. that happened over time that we now refer to as the Negro Leagues. Right. Plural. There was actually seven of them that lasted between 1920 and 1960. Um, the various leagues in there. The first league, for example, went from 1920 to 1931. It was called the Negro National League. Hang on, it goes it goes before that, sir. Oh wait, you're right. Well, this that's the so, history of African American people playing baseball. Yeah. So the yeah. National Association of Ameri- um, uh, the National Association uh, amateur of baseball amateur players. baseball players rejected the African member African American membership in 1867. Yeah. Then in 1876, owners of the Professional National League adopted a, a gentleman's quote agreement. gentlemen's agreement to keep black players out. Yep, so it goes back to the 1860s. So basically you had, because that was going on, a bunch of black players formed their own teams. Yep. And they also played with a bunch of Cuban players and Latin players. Exactly, yeah. And that's white folks are racist. And right. If you had any pigmentation in your skin, you so, were just, you know, couldn't so play. So back in 1920, uh, a guy named Rube Foster launched the Negro National League he reformed it several times with new leagues and owners. Yeah, Reuben Foster was was uh, one of the guys that got this started. There was a variety of leagues that were already happening before that, and Philadelphia back in the 1800s and the 1860s was kind of the the mecca for African American players and and black baseball. Right, which is interesting because now I mean I think of Kansas City since that's where the Hall of Fame's at. Well, we're gonna touch base to that real quick, you know, but. Uh, I mean, you would think Philadelphia, you would think Chicago, you would think just just Cuban in general. Yeah, you know, because well, they had the Cuban Giants, they had the Chicago. There, yeah, there was know. the Cuban. There was there was a, a Cuban. A, the New York Cubans is what the, there was. What the team was called. they won one title. All right, so you had a, uh, there was also the Cuban X Giants, but they were a pre league team, so that, right. that that was a different league. But what happened is. Um, you had you had the Negro Leagues that started in 1920. Reuben Foster was a big part of this. I actually got a picture of him in my office. I have a poster of uh, the first colored World Series. Is what is what. That's it, awesome. Yep, it's Casey Mar- Monarchs versus the Hillsdale Giants. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a really cool photo. I actually got it in Orleans. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, um, great photo, and it, it was played here in Kansas City. You can see the stadiums packed. Full of people, right? But all right. So Ruben Foster started the league. He had a lot to do with it. The problem is Ruben actually had a mental breakdown somewhere in there, and uh, had to resign his position. And then another guy took over, and that guy ironically had a mental breakdown too because just the pressure of, of the job. But all right. So when we look back on the Negro leagues and the seven the seven different leagues as a whole. Uh, sports writers and people at that time say, without a doubt, the the competition and talent in the Negro Leagues was just as uh, equal to the major leagues, if not better, which I don't find surprising. Right. 
All right, so there's there's no doubt about that. The talent was just as good. From my understanding, the Negro League games were played uh, in a little bit of different fashion. Baseball can be kind of restricted, you know, because players right. are so kind of like uptight and just focused on the game. But uh, the Negro Leagues, man, those games were fun. People they were, were having fun. Players kind of talk and jive back and forth with each other. Uh, the games would, would always sell out. Fans would show up. Yeah, they would. Pretty much dressed in their Sunday's best. I was getting ready, I was getting ready to say that to you. Yeah. And what was funny, they, like, on Sunday games – I mean, and and we're hitting the local market because the Kansas City Monarchs. Yeah. Uh, but they they started church service an hour later, so the fans could go watch the baseball game. No, they started an hour earlier. Or hour earlier. Hey, I'm church sorry. is early on Sunday, so we can we can go to our service, and then everyone's going to the game afterwards. And they're dressed, you know, suit their Sunday best to go to a baseball game. No one went to a Negro League game wearing jeans and a shirt. Like they like you do now. Yeah. No, everyone dressed up for those games. Yeah. Those games sold out. Yeah. So that was a part of the issue was the scheduling. Because these teams didn't have their own stadiums, they used professional baseball stadiums like Kansas City Royals or the New York Giants or, you know, I guess you got uh, the Brooklyn Giants at the time. Right. You know, or, and the Dodgers are there. So those stadiums were rented out by the Negro League teams that played either before uh, Major League games or when they were playing away from each other. Well, you know, it's it's kind of cool. Like, I've never been down to the Negro Baseball Museum. I know you have. I have. It's great. Uh, you and know, for our uh, listeners, I definitely recommend going. I know they're doing some renovations now. But man, it is it is super cool, and like the second you walk in there, like the vibe is just like you can tell, man, I'm in a cool place, right? And then they, uh, you know, Salvador Perez, the Kansas City Royals catcher, he actually donated to that Negro to, to the, the renovation. The renovation. Oh, that's cool. And hey, so I, they I have a bunch of diamonds. Back. They have then like when you're when you're going down, uh, that intercept, you know, down seventy towards the K, and you look off to the right side, and there's those four diamonds. Mm-hmm. Those diamonds are actually those are brand new. I think they're only two or three years old, uh, but uh, two of those diamonds, two of those diamonds are actually the way that they played baseball back in, back when the Negro baseballs, you know. Wow! Hey, props to props to Salvi here. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so no, I've never been down there. I like I've driven down there before. Totally gotta go, man. Um, I would love to go, and that's, really that's cool. kind of a bucket list of mine to go. Is to check out the Negro Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of Hall of Fame. They finally decided, I think it was in 2020, no, or last year, that uh, MLB was going to allow Negro League stats to be included into the Hall of Fame, which is something that should have happened a long time ago. In fact, when Ted Williams was inducted in the Hall of Fame back in the 60s, he said it in his speech. He's like, hey, we got to let these stats and these players in. Like, right. th- These guys were too good to not be listed in the Hall of Fame. Right. Which... I think at the end of this podcast, we should have a, a thoughts on on restructuring the entire Hall of Fame. I agree. You know. All right. You know, well, what's what's the was, what, what's what's held on? What's taking? What's the reason it's taking so long? This happened. I think. I think it's a lot of reasons. I think one, you add the stats from from the Negro Leagues to the Hall of Fame. All of a sudden, a lot of Hall of Fame greats drop out of the top ten, like Ted Williams. You know, Babe Ruth. All of a sudden, these legends. Their stats now don't look this great because you got guys like Josh Gibson, Cool Papa Bell, Satchel Paige, you know, guys that, that had some very lustrous careers. All right. Another problem is the way the Negro Leagues took stats. 
because it was seven different leagues over a period of time instead of one unified league, like right. the Major League Baseball says, like, you know, Major League Baseball, uh, some of the stats got lost. Some of the stats, they didn't take certain stats, like Josh Gibson, who is, is I think, the greatest baseball hitter of all time. Yeah, Josh Gibson was really good. I think Barry Bonds goes up there number two, you know. Um, Where do you rank Jacket Robinson at? Is a hitter? Yeah. I, I don't know. He's he's middle of the pack, man. Yeah, you know, he was a great hitter, but Jackie was all around great player. He was just an all around great, great player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Forty two, I thought was such a great movie. Oh, it's a great movie. All right, so there the, the stats like they didn't keep track of of strikeouts or walks. Home runs were debatable. The other issue is that the Negro leagues didn't always play other teams that were in the Negro league. Sometimes they played white minor league teams. They played Cuban teams that came through. So, they they played. They played kind of whoever and wherever and whenever, all right? So they still, they were, it was like a 157-game season a lot of these leagues had, but the stats and record-keeping um, wasn't as, as good as, as Major League Baseball. But they've got a group out there now that was formed in the 90s. It's out there collecting like uh, stats from these leagues, like for example, there was the American Negro League that was you know established in 1929. It lasted one season. Well, where are the record books for that? Well, we gotta we gotta find those. You know, and they're looking into it right now. You know, or there was the Negro Southern League for you know that was you know instilled in 1932. You know, kind of went on till the 40s. In fact, that league actually was really important, um, especially when World War II came around. Right. So, uh, oh, dude, speaking of World War II. All right, when World War II happened, um, a lot of Major League Baseball players and stars had to go to duty because of their age. But a lot of the stars in the Negro League were in their 30s, and so a lot of those guys didn't have to go serve in duty. And a lot of uh, white ball players and, and white folks just hated on that. Kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. Damn. So, all right. What do you got? I know this is kind of off topic, but so let's stay on topic. What you got? No, I'm just looking at Negro baseball stadiums back when they play. You know, when when they're actually playing to see if they were. They played a lot of them. These games were played in Major League Parks. And I, Josh I, Gibson hit a hit a ball that went out of Yankee Stadium. Yeah, supposedly went 580 feet. Well, I didn't know if their if their fields and their diamonds were shorter than what Major League Baseball like no. back in the day. No, no. Or if they were the same distances. They're the same distance. Most of these games, a lot of these games, took place in professional stadiums. Yeah, and I'm seeing that now. Like you got all right. Some of the games so, did not, and that's where there's up to debate. You know, like all right, Josh Gibson hit five home runs in this game. Should we count that game? It's like, yeah, you count it. You know? So, okay, so this is one of the oldest stadiums. It's called Lincoln Park. League Park is in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, when a wooden ballpark opened for the Cleveland Spiders, the original Lincoln, the official, the, the original League Park occupied the site, lasted through the 1909 season, when it made its way to a new structure that was made more reflective as time. Uh, so they opened a concrete steel ballpark for its first American franchise, then known as the Cleveland Naps. So then they opened up, so Cleveland then opened up the Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which everybody knows from the movie Major League. 
uh, a multi-purpose venue that would accommodate baseball for the next several years, which would then split time with the with the Indians. Well, there it is. So the Cleveland Buckeyes was the Negro Amer- was the Negro League team that was from Cleveland, and that then that park was torn down in nineteen fifty, but would would still remain standing over the years, including a ticket office and a grandstand wall. Running along the 66, East 66, 66th Street, which I've been down there. Well, uh, right. It's right across the street from one of the nicest Italian places there in Cleveland. And you, they still have the wall, and they still have, like, they still have the gate well, there and everything. You, it's pretty cool. There you have it. <laughs> there so you have it, folks. of the day, boys. This has been there. It's, it's a landmark. It's a landmark. It's so. more of a land. It's a landmark, not landfill. All right, I want to talk about some of my favorite Negro League uh, Hall of Famers. Obviously, Kansas City, Buck O'Neill's dear to all of us. And if, oh, if, if, if anyone has watched the Ken Burns uh, History of Baseball documentary, I mean, there's no way you can't fall in love with Buck O'Neill. No, you, I mean, you love Buck O'Neill, Dude, he's, he's like Grandpa when you hear him talk. It's like he yep. starts talking, and you just want to be quiet and just listen. Yeah. He's, he's great. And even they got a special spot at the... Kauffman Stadium they called do. the Buck O'Neill Buck Legacy, O'Neill Legacy seat. And they do that, I believe, every every home game yeah. the third inning. I want to try to get Coach Hypes in that seat. Oh, dude, how, think, how awesome would that yeah. be? You know what? I think we're going to. We need to. send in a request this We year. need to. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh-huh. That would be cool. All right, Satchel Page, man. Everyone, if you don't know Satchel Page, is slap yourself. Go look at him up. I yep. mean, dude's great. I guarantee you've seen a photo of him somewhere. I think uh, this this guy he's you know Yogi Berra had great quotes. Well, Satchel Page had Satchel Page, Page. Had, he had even better quotes. Yeah, you know? he was because he was he's actually funny, whereas Yogi was just odd. So, right. Sat- so Satchel give, Page. Give a little background in case our listeners don't know who Satchel Page is. Greatest pitcher to ever play baseball. Many say he is the greatest pitcher of all time. I'll tell you why. All right, over two thousand victories. All right, and he pitched in over 2,500 games pitched. He had 2,000 victories, 250 or so shutouts. He had a personal best, 22 strikeouts in a game. He threw, he threw 50 no-hitters. He had a 21-game win streak and a 62-inning scoreless streak. One day, he, threw, he pitched three separate victories in a day. In a year, he appeared in more than 150 games one time. Okay? Satchel Page, one time... This guy's something else. He uh, he told the told the the team to stay on the bench, and just him and the catcher went out. He goes, "I, I got this." Yep. And he struck out the side. He struck out the side, dude. That is something else. Yeah. Can and, you imagine that, dude? Like, he's like, you're a batter, and you're like, this fool really thinks it's just me and him. <laughs> and 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 you so literally you told him I get into the ballpark. <laughs> All right, one time, this was in a championship game. He walked the bases loaded just so he could bat again, or pitch against Josh Gibson, the greatest hitter of all time. And uh, he struck him out on three fastballs. That's not surprising. Word is, he told him he told him uh, he was going to throw the pitches at him. Let's see. Yeah, that doesn't uh, surprise me. Uh, hang on, I I saw this somewhere. Let's see if I can find this. What I what I said. This was this was. That's great. hilarious. Um, but yeah, he did. He says, you know, I'm 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 gonna strike you out, and he did. But you, if you're gonna do that, and you're gonna go out and pitch, and literally not not even have the rest of the team come out, man. Yeah, that, they he had what was called a bo- a boogie whipped fastball. 
Oh, he threw it all. Fastball, yeah. curveball. He actually learned to pitch when he was in uh, prison as a juvenile. Yeah. Um, he says, okay, Josh, I, I, I'm i not going to throw any smoke. I'm going to throw. All right. Start over. Satchel Page to Josh Gibson after he has just walked the bases loaded with two outs. He says, now, Josh, I'm not going to throw any smoke at your yoke. I'm going to throw a pee at your knees. All right. And boom, strike three. He threw the ball out at his knees. It's about 100 miles an hour. Uh, no one knew exactly how fast he pitched, but everyone said he was the fastest pitcher uh, they'd ever seen. Yeah. Uh, when he actually tried out in the majors, which he did not debut in the majors till 42, although yep. there's a debate around his age because no one knows exactly how old Satchel yep. Page was. Um, he had he had the owner of the team sitting there with a cigarette, and he says, "I'm gonna throw three. I'm gonna th- I got five balls. I'm gonna throw five of these right over that cigarette in your hand, okay. and uh, four of the five he threw right just right over. Yeah. And the owner said he just it was I knew right away. He's like, this is the best. <laughs> He's one of the I've best pitchers seen. ever. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what's hilarious? You know he had a he had a really good connection with Kansas City. Yeah, he did. You he know did. he played with the Monarchs. Uh, he played for the Monarchs. Won a championship here. Yeah, he he played for the Monarchs um, also, but the fact I mean, he still called he still calls Kansas City his home. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's why they brought the plaque, you know, dude. That that though, I think gives gives me like some pride, you know, just being from here. Yeah, like, it, it makes you feel kind of good. You it know? is, you know, and that's and that's why I thought it was really cool that they brought his Hall of Fame plaque from the Hall of Fame of Cooperstown to the Negro Baseball Museum mm-hmm. in in Kansas City. All right, so he you know? pitched. He pitched year round. When he got done pitching here in the Negro Leagues, he would went and pitched in uh, overseas in the Caribbean. Uh, he pitched there for more than forty years. Yeah. All right. He's he is. I, I'm pretty sure he's in their Hall of Fame too. Um, Probably is. Yeah. So, yeah. You think about that, man. That's that's really cool. He had he had all sorts of good jokes though. All right. So another one of my favorites. Well, let's see. I think that's all I want to say. Yeah. Well, he actually helped the Monarch win uh, the pennant four times in the Negro American League. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, another guy, Josh Gibson. We talked about him. Greatest hitter of all time. He's considered to be the Black Babe Ruth, the Black Great Bambino. He is, in my opinion, uh, I, I think every one of his stats should go in the Hall of Fame. He is He is hit a home run that went 580 feet that went completely out of Yankee Stadium. And that would break Joe DeMott, or I'm sorry, Mickey Mantle's home run record. Okay? So, people don't like that. Well, suck it up, folks. It <laughs> happened. He did it. And uh, considered considered to be the best. They, they, they estimate he had over eight home runs in his career, 17-year career. His career would have gone longer, but he suffered a stroke. He actually had a lot of tragedies happen in his life. Right when his career started, his wife died giving birth to the kid. Oh, man, that's not good. Yeah, he's considered considered the best, though. So he hit uh, over 800 home runs in his career. In fact, um, he would also hold the record. He would break um, Ted Williams' record for bat over 400. Josh Gibson batted 441 in 342 plate appearances. That's unbeatable. That's very unbeatable. People want to say, well, not all the games were were played against uh, Negro League teams. Some were uh, white minor league teams and farm teams. Yeah, well, 
I don't think those stats are really probably even included in that eight, you know, eight hundred plus home runs. I don't think so. All right, Buck O'Neill, who we love, he said the way he hit the bat, the ball. The only people I ever heard hit the ball like that was Babe Ruth and uh, Bo Jackson. He said Bo, Josh, well, and Babe were the only ones that could hit the ball that hard. That's that's unreal. If he's just saying, talk about Bo Jackson hitting the ball that hard. Satchel Page said, "Whatever I did, he did better." Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that was great. Yeah, that yeah, was he, very great. Yeah, he died of a stroke one month after his 35th birthday, so he could have played easily. He could have played easily. Yeah, because you think about it, a lot of those guys played longer. Yeah. All right, one more guy. Cool Papa Bell. Fastest player to ever play the game. Cool Papa Bell hit the light switch. He'd be in bed before the light went out. He was a pitcher, but they eventually moved him to center field because of an arm injury. And he'd play shallow center because he was so fast, so fast. he'd get any ball. If it wasn't hit out of the park, he got it. Is that like Lorenzo Cain? Yep. Satchel Page said one time, uh, he said, uh, cool Papa Bell hit a ball by his ear. He goes, and I turned to see where it went, and it hit old Papa Bell as he was sliding in the second because <laughs> he was so fast. He's so fast. He could round the entire bases in 12 seconds. He yeah. was the fa- so fast, Jesse Owens refused to race him. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So you know, got, that takes me back to the major league, the uh, major league movies with Willie Mays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, Willie Mays Hayes. Cool Papa Bell. We had his records. Guess what? He now owns the records for most stolen bases because he had forty nine stolen bases in nineteen twenty nine. As he should. Hey, this guy's guy, quick. He had like a hundred. He in two hundred. He played a two hundred game season. All right. So think about that. Right. Majors don't even play that. Right. He had 175 stolen bases in 200, 200 games. Damn, that's he, still a lot. He also had a very illustrious career in uh, the Caribbean. Yeah. Dude, it's amazing what these guys did in that, that Caribbean league. Well, I was just going to say, man, the Cuban league well, we also. We know that's good baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rican league also is good baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's good baseball all over. All I over mean, the you world. watch the Little League World Series every year, you know, and you got every every year – in that international championship, it's always mm-hmm. a Puerto Rico team or a team from Venezuela or someone from, you know, Korea. It's or Japanese or Japan. It's always those four teams because they're so good at baseball. Negro League pitcher Willie Foster, 150 known pitching wins. That would tie in with Dizzy Dean, Rick Porcello, David awesome. Price, Jared Weaver, Rube Benton. So that puts him right up there too. Yeah, jo- or Josh Gibson batted three sixty five career average. All right. So if we want to add Negro League players to the stats, this is where people's feelings get hurt. Josh Gibson, Judd Wilson, Charleston, and uh, Turkey Stearns all had three hundred career plate appearances and batted over three forty eight. Dang. We had them in there. Hey, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, you guys are out of the top ten. We gotta add these guys. We in fact we gotta restructure the entire Hall of Fame. I agree. 100%. We need all we need these to. stats need to be in there. All these guys need the recognition they need, and we need to stop being babies about the steroid era. The yeah. Hall of Fame shouldn't be a bunch of select privileged retired baseball folk that think they get to decide who joins the club and who doesn't. I agree. You know, You've I got the bad. stats. There should be a criteria. We should set a criteria. You meet these criteria, you're in. Yeah, and I and I feel bad for Pete Rose. I mean, I know he bet on baseball and everything, but he deserves it. He has so much. Pete Rose should totally be in the so Hall of Fame. You know what? Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. What he did, Brother Neely put this best. What he did is, is uncomparable. Yeah. Like, 
I agree. Even, whether he's on steroids or not, the fact that he could that that hit home home runs, he could do that. Yep, I agree. I think I think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. I think you put uh, you put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. All those guys. Oh, I mean, you got to put all those guys. I think you know, restructure the whole thing. Fact, and, and that includes who gets in and how they get in. It yep. shouldn't necessarily be a vote by sports writers and people from Chicago who will never root for, vote for anyone from St. Louis or whatever. Yep. It needs to be, if you have these stats, period, you're in. I agree 100%. You know, you know like, like Pujols. You're going to put Pujols in the Hall of Fame. Well, absolutely. You know, he deserves it, you know, as so much as he's a Cardinal. That, the fact that Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame is, is disgusting. Right. And then it, you only you get two votes and then you're out completely. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, or not, or not two outs, not two votes, but two, yeah. two years of eligibility and you're completely out. All I don't right. like that. So we restructure the Hall of Fame. We let all these stats in. We give the Negro Leagues the credit they deserve. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Do we change the league, the name of the league or not? I don't know. When me and Marcus had this conversation the other night, it was like definitely is offensive. And there are times where it feels even odd and, and uncomfortable saying the Negro Leagues. So I don't think you change the league name because it's you can't do that because well, that's the history of baseball. So I looked up, why do you have that name? All right, and that was actually because at the time that was the acceptable term. Right. It's not acceptable anymore. Well, it's not because you know. So I don't know. Perhaps we change it. I don't think you change it because that's that's the whole history of baseball. That's the whole history of, you know, the African Americans, you know, getting into the into the the segregation, the Great Depression. Uh, I think. Well, it's it's definitely a league and a part of history that should be recognized and celebrated for sure. Exactly. I mean, it's it is it is really cool. It is, and I, I wish we could go back and actually watch some of these games. Oh, dude, I would love to like, go back dude, and watch some of those games. I can't imagine what what I'd be like if I saw that just the pitcher and the catcher go out there. Dude, that'd be awesome. I'd be like, you gotta be kidding me, man. That'd be awesome. I would I would love to go back <laughs> and find some footage of that. You know, I mean, and hey, that, also, that also led to the to the uh, the, pick- the Black Sox. The Black Sox scandal too, in the nineteen twenties. Yeah, yeah. W- what was that about? Well, that was about the owner who Kaminsky, who was like not he was paying players mo- and charging them to wash their jerseys and yeah. making them pay for hotels and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and I think that and that started. That's that was right in the time when the Negro League was. Yeah, it was yeah. starting to yeah, yeah, be yeah. popular. You know. Well, what we know from history is that it was great baseball. They made uh, sold out a lot of games. The white owners of the teams made the money on that, which yeah. I think is part of the reason why they they didn't want to do integration is because it's like, hey, we're already making our money off these games, like, and then we're making money off these other games, and people are going to be mad if we integrate, right? Um, so I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. It's a great league. It's a fascinating story. Fascinating part of our history, um, and I think it's great. I agree. So, you know, if so, it, I, I, people who want to send us their thoughts and opinions on renaming the la- the the name of the league, we'll be happy re- for restructuring uh, the Hall of Fame. Let us know, man. Yep, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're open for advice or opinions or anything like that. Any yeah. kind of feedback. Yeah, yeah. So moving on to the next topic. I think we. Quick. I think it's time for us to move to our next segment, our new segment of Thoughtson. Well, well, I thought we were going to jump into another uh, quick topic with. <laughs> All right, let's go on the quick topic. Let's go on to a quick topic here. We're talking about like how Kansas City uh, going to the Chiefs Kingdom here, and you want to know your, you want to know my thoughts on the idea of 
making an, a new stadium in Kansas? I mean, moving Arrowhead. Oh, I want to hear your thoughts of Arrowhead moving from where it's at in yeah. Jackson County, Missouri, which yeah, yeah. we hate Missouri, but over to KCK. My my thoughts on that. My thoughts on Yes. All right. Hey, my thoughts are, all right, I, I don't like the idea of Royals moving downtown, Coffin Stadium going downtown, but I do like the idea in a way of making a new Arrowhead in the sense that it would be a dome and we could have the Super Bowl and all that here. But my thing is that Arrowhead is a very special place, loudest stadium in the world. Um, I mean, it's, you know, you already know I don't like to go there or go to the games because it's too much. But um, I, I, I hate the idea of leaving that behind. But I think if we built a dome, wherever we go, you're still bringing the raucous and the crowd to party there. And we're still going to be the loudest stadium, even if it is a dome. I don't like the dome idea. Well, it'll be and a retractable this, roof. All well, I know that. Will be I know. Retractable roofs I know. It'll out. just be like we know that. It'll be just like the Houston Texans. I get that, or doubt, or AT and T Stadium. Yeah, but yeah. This is why you do not move the Chiefs from where they're at. One, you have the history there. Absolutely. It's always going to be Arrowhead Stadium, no matter what. Like right now, it's called G E H Field. It's always going to be called Arrowhead Stadium. Right. You keep Arrowhead where it's at right now, as you. When you move the Royals downtown, which is a huge mistake, but you you don't add a roof. I mean, why was the Super Bowl at Lambeau? When was it at Lambeau? Wasn't it at Lambeau in Super Bowl one? Maybe then, but all Super Bowls now are played in the warm where it should be. No, but no one should. No Super Bowl should doesn't be played. Matter. It doesn't where matter. It should though. be cold, rainy, snowy. Yes, it should. Every Super Bowl should be played, and this is why. But they don't do that. All they, Super Bowls are played in a dome or but it, Miami, California, Atlanta. Like, think about it. Yeah, but it shouldn't matter. You play the Super Bowl at every single stadium in the NFL. Would you want the Chiefs playing Super Bowl in Green Bay? I wouldn't. I want them playing. Why? It's called the Snow Bowl for a reason. Nah, man. I want. I want the best conditions and the best. I want my guys at my best. I don't. Do you want? I mean, you go. You're playing the Super Bowl in Green Bay. You're playing the Super Bowl in Buffalo. You're playing the Super Bowl. Let this. Let each state or each city. Proved in the South they can host the Super Bowl. Mm. Look at the draft. The draft goes to every single. But that's a draft. It's not the most important game of the season where the weather shouldn't be a factor. Well, that's my thoughts on that. My thoughts on is that I would, you would keep Arrowhead where it's at. It's always going to be Arrowhead. You cannot change the history of where it's at. Yeah, you I need agree. to keep it there. Yeah. You know, if you move, if you move it, where are you gonna move it to? There's no other space on the Kansas they're side. They moved to Kansas, yeah. But where are you gonna move to Kansas on the Kansas side? There's nowhere to go. Yeah, you know, I don't know, man. Because you, you got you already got sporting. You already have. Yeah, and and the stadium would have to be bigger and better. And there's no space on the Kansas side. Hey, you know what uh, the Niners did this year in their stadium that actually got a lot of votes and uh, by the fans that was well received is if you were a ticket holder and you bought tickets to the game, there were certain concessions you got for free. I don't know if it was drinks, hot dogs, or what. But you were you were given free concessions that came with your ticket, and fans really liked that. And I thought that was a great idea. Huh, that's because a it's like idea. you know what I would like that. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go to a game and. Drink I mean, you pay. You I'm pay not going to drink a soda. But if if I'm there with like a kid or something, I, mean, I don't have kids. But if I was with a kid and they wanted a soda, and it was free. Like, yeah, man, here's your soda. So you pay. You pay another fifty bucks a month to become that member. And- oh, it came. It was part of the deal with, with the tickets, or if you're a season holder. So right. I don't know. I mean, that thing's pretty cool. I think. 
man, when there's discussion and it's reached the public, there's probably a lot of stuff that's already happened behind doors. So we'll find out what happens with that. I that, agree. The stadium thing, but I agree. I, I like the idea of a dome and all that, a retractable roof. But I, I 100% agree with you on on moving. I don't like that idea either. I mean, I'm, you know, if Kaufman would have stayed where it's at. If they keep Kaufman there, well, I don't like that. I'm idea. okay. Downtown stadium. I don't either. I don't like that at all. There's, I mean, like you said earlier, there's no room, you know. But if you move, but I don't want to drive downtown, man. I don't either. I Downtown's to, a pain in the butt. Absolutely, I hate going downtown, Kansas. So City. do I. I like. I want to keep it where it is. That's my thoughts on that. <coughs> I agree. All right. All right. You said you had a come on man this week, right? No, man. I got. I got thoughts on another thing. Oh, okay. You heard about what they're calling the Home Run Derby X? No, I did not hear about that. All right. Well, it's an interesting concept. So they're taking a few retired baseball players, and they're going to, like, travel around to various countries, like Seoul, Seoul Korea, London, Mexico, um, and some some other places. I don't know where. But they're going to go around, and you got basically a few retired baseball players and some celebrities, and you'll have celebrities in those home countries that will play in this game. It's going to be an ongoing home run competition. But it's going to be different in the sense that the batter will be on a podium and the pitcher will be on a podium and there'll be targets they can hit for extra points. And if balls are caught in the outfield, you get points. It's basically modeled after the MLB show 2005, the home run derby on that game, which I don't know if you played that game. Um, I, I only played like a couple of those games. I actually did play that one. And it was Sounds kind of interesting. It is actually. interesting. It's kind of interesting idea. So the celebrities on these other countries, I don't know who they are, you know, but I'm sure they're local heroes. Oh, yeah. But it's they're going to do the Home Run Derby so it can be played anywhere in from a stadium to, like, a, like festivals even. Interesting. Yeah. So that should gonna, be definitely interesting to see how that's going to be. Yeah, my thoughts on or why not? I mean, if it's, you know, it sounds kind of cool. They're going to try to make it, like, a live, interactive, real-life baseball thing, and they're hoping that it'll bring... More, more people around the world into baseball. I mean, they shouldn't already because baseball is already popular as it is. My problem is this, is they have four teams, quote, quote, competing in this home run derby X. And the the, the teams are uh, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and Go the figure. Cubs. Go figure. The four and, biggest and, market and teams in the that's world. That's my problem there. Why can't it be the Brewers, the Twins, the Royals, you know? Go figure. Yeah, in the Rockies. I mean, the Make Dodgers. Those four teams. The Dodgers is yeah. probably the richest. So, the, the Dodgers so those and teams, Yankees. those teams will make more money off this. Well, because yeah. they'll gain gain more international freedom. Yeah, or, or fandom. More, excuse me. Which is annoying because we don't need more Cubs fans out there. We we don't need more Dodger fans absolutely either. I mean, look at them. They got Freddie Freeman for crying out loud. Yeah, absolutely not. What a steal. So I don't know. My thoughts on that are like it's a cool idea. I I'm like interested to see where it goes. But I hate the fact that it's those four teams. Yeah, I agree. Because you can go anywhere in the country and you can get a Yankees hat or a, a Dodgers or Red Sox hat. Can you go anywhere and get a Royals hat? No. No. Or Brewers? No. No. And that's not right. I agree. I mean, I, I have to order my Brewers hats online. Yeah. Because they don't sell them even here. And it's yeah. like, why? They're like, well, we don't sell a lot. And I'm like, yeah, because you don't have any in stock. Yeah, I don't... Sorry, I'm, I mean... No, sh- no yawning on the show, Dizzle. I'm not trying to yawn. If you show. yawn, the audience yawns. Uh, out of those four teams, I mean, I like the Red Sox. Out of those four teams. Yeah. I hate watching the Yankees. I hate the Dodgers. The Cubs, 
you know, I was I worked up there for a year. Yeah. After I graduated college, but I might. I mean, if I had to choose between those four teams, I'd rather do the Red Sox. But yeah, well, moving on. I've got a sucks to be that guy this week. All right, let's hear it. It's it's Rashawn Lewis, the son of Ray Lewis, a football player at Kentucky who got a DUI the other night. Um, sucks to be you, Rashawn. <laughs> Although he kind of deserved it because it was like 3.30 in the morning. He was basically sitting at a red light and decided to just spin out, and he was going 65 and a 35. It's like that's how people, that's how people get hurt. But, yeah, you know, true story. You know, come on, man. Who does that? Exactly. I guess that should be a come on, man. Like, it, come on, Rashawn. Either way. Either way. Uh, you know, you got to come on, man, or sucks. Um, I've, I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, actually, I do have a um, sucks to be that guy. Jackson Mahomes is back in the news again this week. Yeah, I didn't see what uh, it was. I saw it. But I, I saw an article that Juju Schuster say he will not put Jackson Mahomes on his TikTok videos as long as Juju is a Kansas City Chief. Well, who cares? So, sucks to be Jackson Mahomes. Sucks to be him, at period. Uh, my props already, to that. We already kind of. My props like, to that guy this week. I would say have to be say the number, uh, number eleven from your beloved Kansas Jayhawks. Congratulations, Reem Martin, for being the most outstanding player in the Midwest Regional. Yeah, he deserved it. He has been. Yeah, him and really, Christian Brown and Dave know, McCormick. I know a lot of fans in here. That interview we did when we went on the, we went on Coach Dolce's show. Um, down in Texas, but we talked a lot about Remy and that and how he was the key to our, the missing, the link and the key to the whole thing, the missing piece. So. He is, he is. I don't know. I really hope that he can he can show Stay up. hot. Stay yeah. hot, Remy. Yeah. That's all we ask, Texas. If he stays hot and McCormick stays hot, yeah. Katie's cutting down nets in New Orleans. All right, before we... All right, so I got a props to that guy this week. Uh, one more thing I thought I thought was interesting. Uh we got a, a senior from Blue Valley High School, uh, forward kid named Aiden Shaw, 6'8", 190 pounds, uh, who is the slam dunk winner. Uh, the sh- it hasn't been aired yet. It won't come out till till uh, Sunday. But the kid actually beat uh, a guy that's going to be going to KU in the contest. And it turns out he didn't beat him until the third round. But, uh, dude, props to that guy, you know? Like you know, you don't see that too often. No, not not at all. I mean, it's, but the guy that um, KU fans didn't KU fans didn't know. <laughs> it wasn't Grady Dick. It's not Grady Dick, not the Gary Player of the Year, but it's. Uh, kid, hi, man. You want to pronounce uh, this guy's name? His a kid named Zuby Eofor. Yeah. All right. So so uh, Aiden Shaw, who's going from Blue Valley, had already committed to Missouri. I'm not sure why. But he is uh, he has reclaimed that and said, "Hey, I'm not. I'm, I'm taking that back. I'm not going to Missouri since their coach was fired. Not sure where he's going to go." But I thought it was I thought it was kind of great that it was a kid from Blue Valley who actually beat a KU uh, uh, commit in the dunk contest. So yeah. that'll be coming out on Sunday. Well, he's still getting he's still getting he's still getting recruited uh, by KU. He well, chose KU Missouri. Had, yeah, yeah, KU did recruit him. Yeah. He did. He, yeah, he yeah. chose Missouri. Over KU, Iowa, Maryland, Oklahoma State, and Arkansas. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Not, not sure what's Why wrong would you want to go to Iowa or Maryland? Yeah, I don't know. But, hey, good yeah. uh, props to props, props to Aiden Shaw, you know. So, all right, we'll do some picks here then. 
Before we close out? Let's do some picks here before we close out here. Let's, let's go to the first one, of course. Oh, I Coach, guess I guess you announced it in what? Episode three. Episode three, I did. Duke was going to win Duke, the Natty because it well, was Coach K's last year. I, I did say they were going to win the Natty. All right. But and, and ironic, I, ironic that they faced North Carolina in the Final Four for the first time ever. Agree, my, agreed. My brother-in-law was messaging me this. I'm like, yeah, I know. Crazy, right? It's crazy. Turns out... Um, you know, you're not really going to see teams from the same conference play each other because the way they seed them and put yeah. them in different brackets. Uh, there was only one other time in Coach K's entire career where he could have possibly faced North Carolina in the Final Four, and North Carolina lost uh, in the Elite Eight that year. Yeah. So, I don't know. Ironic how that happened. So, great for viewers and money and exactly. all that you crap. Know, you know, this is, this. I mean, Coach K's retirement party is going to continue on. I'm going North for Carolina. North Carolina. I am. I'm go Tar Heels. I, you know, I don't like both teams. All right, dude. North so, Carolina. North Carolina. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Dukies, as right. Dickie V would say. North Carolina comes on the on the screen the other day, and I'm watching. They're showing their their starters, and I see that kid. I think his name's Manic, a white boy. Yeah, yeah. Playing, and, 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 like, and I look at him, and I'm like, man, I don't like that guy. I don't like that kid at all. And I'm like, and I'm like, man, why do you not like him? Because he hit every single three pointer. And I'm looking at him like, hold up, isn't that 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 kid that played at Oklahoma? Yeah, he played at Oklahoma. <laughs> so it makes me hard to root for North Carolina because it he's is. on the team. And I do not like that kid. It is. And like, you know, I mean, as much as I love Coach Roy, and much as I don't like Coach Roy because he backstabbed KU, I don't you know, know but I gotta go. I like like Dicky, like Dick Vitale will say. All Let's right. go, Dookie! All right, I can't, I can't root for the man kid. <laughs> as soon as I saw his face, I was like, "Man, I don't like that kid." I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> like, I, yeah. And then, of course, the second game of the, the second game, man, everybody that's gonna be watching is gonna be watching. Bill Self going to the getting his number sixth banner for the Kansas Jayhawks against Jay Wright. And the Velo Wildcats. I tell you what, that's a tough matchup, man. It's a very tough yeah, matchup. I hope, I hope we can get a clean game and good officiating. I hope so too. You know. Oh man, that's... hang on, hang on. I ain't calling it. What is that? I can't tell. Are they saying? There it is. Are they saying the words? See you next weekend, Rock Chat Jayhawk. Seconds create something to get a three and round on Manic. And here we go. Manic circling around. He slipped underneath. They go to Love. Love's going to be the one to take it. Puts up the shot. It's off. The game is over. And Kansas completes the biggest championship comeback. All time.
coming to you from our man cave to your man cave. Jayhawk Nation, it is Celebration Week in Lawrence, Kansas. I'm your host, DC Dizzle, and always, I'm my co-host, the talk himself, the hype man. Hype man, how you doing, sir? Shoot, brother, I am on top of the world right now. That, that is a fact. How about yourself, bro? Oh, man, I'm so excited, man. What a crazy 72 hours it's been hey, for our beloved Kansas Jayhawks, you know, right? I like to think our podcast had something to do with it. But, man, it's been great. You never know what year is going to happen. You think it could be every year, but, man, this was the year. This... I, I, I never would have thought. You know, it, I think one thing about this year, I got superstitions, you know, and uh, – I don't like being ranked number one, like in the AP polls. I think that's bad luck. Well, of course. You know, heavy is the head to where's the yep. ground. But were we ever really ranked number one this year? I don't believe we were. I think the highest we got was two. Yeah, I think that's right. And I really I really think that, that helped. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about all that. But, man, that was, that was something else. Man, okay, so I want you to tell the listeners, man, because you were down there Monday night. You were down on Mass Street. How was it? How was the atmosphere? Well, you know, it was electric. I mean, everyone was, there was nothing but joy in the air. Right. And, you know, um, especially after, you know, being down 15. You know, it was interesting, down 15 at the half, people, we were obviously very frustrated, but I didn't really have anyone around me acting like the game was over, we were throwing in the towel. It was all right. like, hey, we still got this. We got a whole half, wait and see what happens. We're going to do like we did in Miami. And shoot, we did. We did. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I told, I was telling my friends, uh, my buddies, we were, cause we were watching it at um, a local establishment here in town. And I was like, if we can cut this down, lead down to single digits for the 16 minute timeout, we have a chance to win the ball game. Well, and dude. sure enough, we got on an 8 0 run to cut it down to nine. Remy hit a couple threes in there. And that was, those were like daggers to yeah. North Carolina. And it was, it was great to see him do that. It was. You know what I think too, man. You know this year was was special. You think of all the games we we kind of just pulled out of our hat. Like how many games we win in overtime, double overtime on the last second shot. A lot of games, games we where we got the calls that went our way. I mean, dude, what would be Texas, Texas Tech, K State? I mean, those were like kind of lucky victories. I remember, remember half those games, I thought, man, if we weren't in Lawrence tonight, we wouldn't have won that one. Right. You know? So it was like kind of a magical year. It was, you know, it was a great year. You know, what I thought was really, really magical and was really classy was when Bill Self, at the end of the game, he went to Devon Dotson, who was a member of the 2020 team, mm-hmm. and uh, gave him his national championship hat. I thought that was really classy. Yeah. Uh, and he went up to him and said, hey, Devon, you deserve this, because that yeah. 2020 team did not get the opportunity. They got screwed. I mean, they we did. Obviously, we talked about it like, on every episode. I guess now that we have we won, we can probably move on from that, but we'll still obviously reference it just yeah. on principle alone. I agree. I think on it, I mean, we can never technically say we're the national champs of the year, but technically we did. We finished in number one. Should right. Something. Well, you know, you know, K-State fans, they would – Kansas State would have celebrated in Manhattan if they were number one or if they were putting a banner up. Yeah, yeah, they would have. You know, I don't know. I was talking to some attorney in uh, Wyoming the other day, and, you know, he's like, yeah, well, you know, my dad went to K-State, so I'm not going to say anything. I'm like, all right, that's fine. But I'm thinking, man, if K-State was a national championship, as long as they're not playing KU, I would root for them all the way. Yeah. I mean, I would just because they're in the Big 12 and it gives money to the Big 12. Yeah, you so I'd root for K State all the way. My heart out. Speaking of Big Twelve, do you hear about the news where the Final Four will be heading next year, sir? 
Uh, no, where's that? The final four will be in our backyard next year in Kansas City at T-Mobile Center, really? hosted by the Big 12 Conference. So how awesome uh-huh. to... How awesome of an honor is that for the Big 12 Conference? That's great. Dude, speaking of NCAA, I wouldn't mind slapping that that uh, NCAA guy. And what was his name? Emerald Emmert? Dude, Emmert. they called us the Kansas City Jayhawks. Yeah, and he's not. It's really because he's butthurt about the fact that we're under investigation and we won the title. Yeah. So basically, he didn't want us to win. Yeah. Dude, I'd slap that guy. I would slap that guy 100%. Dude, come on, bro. What's wrong with you, man? Right. Yeah, how about props to that guy? How about uh, the Big 12 commissioner stepping down? Yeah, you know. Well, I didn't really read into Bob Billsby. Yeah, I didn't read into why he did it, but dude, that game was phenomenal. The swing, the way it all turned out. You know what I think too was our team had is I think not only did we never gave up nope. in any games, nope. and, and that was something special. And my guess is no one on that team ever got down on anyone. There's probably nothing but positive vibes, and and rising to the challenge, and and that. That really took us to the next level. That we played like a team. We did. The thing about the parallels between this team and 2008, you go back in the 2008 tournament, you know, we went in that tournament and it was what? Brandon Rush was our star. Yeah. But if you look at the stats on those first few games, he wasn't the one putting up big numbers. No. You know, one game it was it was Darrell Arthur. You know, one game it was uh, Sean Collins. Yeah, or you know, or 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 Darnell Jackson and or the, Travis Rutherford. Yeah, and it's like, I don't think Rutherford was on that team. 2008? I thought he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Nah, he was like 2012. He was with, with you and those guys. Well, anyways. Uh, but no. but we had the same thing in this tournament. It wasn't Ochai in the first few rounds that did well. It was Remy, you know, or we had Jalen had a good game. You know, McCormick obviously played great there in the end. You know, I don't right. know. You know, and that, and that kind of irritates me that Ochai got the – Outstanding player in the tournament or in the national championship game because I wouldn't have gave it to him. I would yeah. have given it to you know McCormick. You know Bill yeah, Selfie oh yeah, said sure. this. Bill Selfie said this yesterday in his speech when the team came back to Memorial to David Booth Stadium. He said he's like when he hears the players, he's like really the in the most outstanding player of the game was really. David McCormick, absolutely. So it should have been a co. But McCormick was phenomenal in, in the final four too. Yeah, he was. He was phenomenal in the, in the in the in the national semifinal round against Villanova. Hey, props to McCormick because he was great in the Big Twelve championship game too. Exactly. Anytime we needed him, Dave showed up. He did. I know he had hands like butter a few times, and you know we gave him a little bit of hard time here and there. Right. And he got dominated by Ty Ty and Toshiba and Kentucky. Hey, that's all right. Those two, those kids are studs. But he showed up when it mattered. Like that Kentucky shouldn't have won the Wooden Award. I think they should have gave it to Abaji. He had a heck way better year. Well, Toshiba was so dominant in the tournament. And, <laughs> what I mean, the one game that, he played? That one game <laughs> he played in, he was phenomenal, man. No, you know Calipari probably paid an extra couple million for that, a couple thousand. Yeah, but, well, I'd slap the guy, the Big Twelve guy, call us Kansas City Jayhawks. He knows, he knows dang well. We're the Kansas Jayhawks. Exactly. And you know what else we are? We're the national champions. We're the national champions, baby. I, you know, I can't wait till my national champion pennant arrives so we can hang it up right Yeah, we might have to go a live video on that when dude this when that shows up. I think we should. This the game, it kind of it kind of lessens the pain from the Chiefs blowing the Super Bowl. Cause like I'm still not over that. I'm not either. I think about it all the time. I wish I wouldn't, but you know, it but, still drives me crazy we blew it. Right. And you and I and uh, Brother Neely, we, we got our little group text going on, and, you know, I still haven't – it has still hasn't hit me that we are national champions. Like, yeah, 
You know, it yeah. took me a week. It hit me a week when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And, I mean, it's here it is on Wednesday, and we won it on Monday night. It still has not hit yeah. me that we are national champions. Well, we got to pray it on Sunday. Yes. Hey. Pray we'll be going down on Sunday afternoon. Cheers to our boys. It's a great year, man. So, so proud of all those guys. Yep. Love all of them. Loved the little stat I saw on Twitter about, you know, the rankings of all the players on our team. And none of these were, like, really top, top recruits. Nope. It's like, that's why we were able to do this. We didn't have big egos. We had we had brotherhood and guys that wouldn't quit on each other and had believed. Yep, I so agree 100%. That, there's something special about that. Yep, I agree. You know, and then thinking about now, it's like, damn, we're going to lose a lot of players from next year. But what about next year when next year comes around? But hey. make sure you're at Allen Fieldhouse for late night in the fog and looking at the beautiful banner, the national championship banner, as yep. they put it, rang it up in Fog Allen at Late Night in the Fog. That'll be number four. Really, it's number six, but it's number four since the first two years. was not a yeah, technically an NCAA national championship. But we still won those. But we still won those. Yeah, those, those count, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was going to say something there, but I, I forgot what it was. But, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I still haven't got my voice back from all the all the. Oh, I haven't either. I, did. I was working last night. I was working <laughs> last night at the bowling alley. I was like, I told my like my regulars, like, how you doing? I'm like, I still can't have got my voice back. But You know, I'm the thing is, I'm not even for sure who my favorite player on this team is. You know, as much, I mean, obviously, Abaji's – a good one, yeah, but he's, he's great. But I know, don't know if he's my favorite player. I really like Christian Brown, dude. I was gonna say Brown too. You know, he's oh, like he's a cool too. guy. Yeah, you know, I like the fact that all the other teams hate him. He was voted <laughs> like he was voted like the least liked player in the Big Twelve. Really? Yeah. Hate us because they hate us. They hate us because yep, exactly. Yeah, you know, but hey, hey, if uh, any KU KU players listen to us or Bill Self, Rock Chalk, congratulations on a awesome year. Yep. And we'll you, see you in 2022 at this is Late a, Night in the Fog. This is exactly what we needed. This is what my life needed. Yes. Hey, before we move on, you know, PC apology. We're sorry, guys. But I want to do a couple shouts out, shout-outs here to some supporters we got on the show. First off is uh, a YouTuber, uh, Teague Zen, good friend of ours, Teagan Sarge, um, service country, great man. Um He's been he's been playing our show on his YouTube channel. That's awesome. And his YouTube channel is totally cool, totally worth checking out. That's he's awesome. Got, he's got all sorts of good stuff on there. Um, so and, and he puts a lot of production and, and good stuff into it. And obviously he's got a lot of great insight, um, you know, on things like that. Right. Um, so I would I would recommend anyone check him out. Teague Zen, T E G Z Z E N. Which Teague Zen makes sense because his name is Teague. Yeah, makes total sense. I want to do another shout-out, too, to our people over at the podcast. We probably don't mean this, Austin and Bree. Some of you might remember Austin from our uh, wrestling show we did. Probably, yeah, that was one of the earlier episodes. That was really over. But it went on their show a couple weeks back, had a great time, and a lot of those guys. And dude, they got a great little great little funny podcast to check out. So uh, check them out, guys. We don't mean this. And literally, they don't mean anything. In fact, I said that when I went on the show. I was like, I don't mean anything I just said here. So. <laughs> well, I know I've had a couple of guys come up to me here in a couple of weeks, uh, just kind of out and about or whatever. Um, and they've said that we're we're love love listening to your guys' show. You guys are having you guys have a blast. You guys are having fun, and they wow. like a lot of the topics we talk about. This guy sound cool. I'd tell him to buy me a beer. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so if you guys want to come up here, and hang out with us some night. Uh, 
yeah. listen to us live. We actually have like 50 people in the man cave right now. No one, no one knows it. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, all, all 50 of you guys, thanks for coming tonight. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank hey, you so much. All right, dude, as an aside, we talked about Jerry Jones. Remember how he was getting sued by his, the, supposedly his daughter? Which yep. Probably is his daughter. All right. After we did that episode, a new report came out a week later or a couple of days later, and they told us more information. And, bro, we totally underestimated how much money he was giving her. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's go back. We said that he there was $1.2 million in the trust fund. No. More like $3 million in the trust fund. Oh, my gosh, man. So the fact that she's, like, blown $3 million, it's like she, she wants, should be ashamed of herself. She wants more money, dude. Dude, he bought her a $70,000 Range Rover, okay, on top of the two trust funds that equal $3 million. He paid for her tuition at SMU, where I'm sure she lived a great, luxurious lifestyle in Agreed. her $70,000 Range Rover. Agreed. All right. For her 16th birthday, he threw a $30,000 birthday party, and it was actually on uh, an MTV show. They used to do a show um, where they threw ridiculous birthday parties for 16-year-olds, and she was on there. Well, courtesy of Jerry. All right. He paid her twenty five thousand or he paid for a twenty five thousand dollar Paris trip for her and her mother on top of paying for a twenty six thousand dollar trip to study abroad. Turns out she wants twenty million dollars. What do you got there, Davis? You wrote me a note. I can't read your your just pipe up. What is it, bro? I was gonna well, I know you're kind of in the middle of talking yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I mean I forgot read, to do after a shout out. But, uh, one to give out a shout out to our brother Neely. For a, a good friend of our show, it comes on the show every often, you know? Oh, I was going to get to that. Oh, okay. Never mind. That's coming up after this. Okay. Well, perfect. Never right. mind. Sorry. Right. Did not mean you have to, sir. Hey, I'm, hey, we're on the same page, though. We are. That's what Cheers. Like That's good teamwork, man. Dude, all right. So, Gary, Jerry's giving her $3 million trust, $70,000 Range Rover, $33,000 16-year-old birthday party, which is freaking ridiculous. She should slap herself. Exactly. All right. There's no way she should spend that much money for $25,000 Paris trip, $26,000 trip to study abroad. I mean, my goodness. That is some sort of trip. On top of the fact that she's going to get a large payout at age 26 and age 28, and now she's demanded $20 million. Oh, yeah, she was on some other cowboy show. Probably the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader show. It's on CMT or whatever it's called. All right. We posed the question, whose side are you on on the last episode? Are you on Jerry's side or her side? I'm on Jerry's side. I am too. Jerry still gave her mother, on top of all this, $370,000 cash to you know, start up a life for herself. My guess is her mom doesn't work for United Airlines and probably quit that <laughs> job after she got that money. Why are they complaining? <laughs> why, Seriously. Why would you complain when you're getting paid that much money? Dude, I, I don't know. I'm, all right. So That's what I'm they, rooting for Jerry. I am too. Unless some what other news say, report comes Jerry, out. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> you know? All right, hey, all right, all right. So Jerry's attorney met with this gal and her mother like three years ago in a restaurant sort of like they were sending all these like sort of semi-threatening emails and stuff right so he's like meet me here you know, what, what is this about oh all right um and and they she told her hey I, we want 20 million and he's like the lawyer's like not a chance hot pants like all the money we're giving you like you you're fine well all right she sat on it here they are now so yeah all right i'm going for jerry 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 Jerry. One more time. 
Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> all right. All right. Touche, sir. <laughs> all right, man. So uh, back to what you wrote on the paper, which I appreciate you reminding me of this because I didn't want to forget either. Uh, we got to do a props and shout out. Go for it, Davis. We got to give a shout out to uh, a good friend of ours. Uh, he's actually a good friend of the show. He's been a he's been on the show a couple of times. Dude, our, our, if you're listening to the show, you know who he is. Yeah, brother, brother, Neely. brother Neely. Come on now, come he's on. He's the one that's actually good at this podcast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is. But uh, we want to give a shout out to Brother Neely as he is. Uh, he's getting married this weekend, he and is. Uh, so we wanted to give a props out, a shout out to Brother Neely yep. and to Sister Kelly. Yep, yep. Uh, congratulations, guys. We love you, and you guys. Uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Yep, can't wait to be there. Um, in honor of their their upcoming wedding here on Saturday, April 9th. Oh, Maybe we should do a live podcast that day. Uh, well, I'm, shoot, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be having a good time at the wedding. Dancing, I am too dancing and celebrating that national championship. Yes, I am uh, too. I that that would be our national that would be our national championship celebration. I pretty sir. much plan on talking to everyone about that game for the next year. That's oh, probably, I probably will too. That's probably all you're gonna hear me talk about <laughs> is that. Until the World's Winter World Series this year. All right, so Neely's getting married on April 9th, which April 9th also marks the anniversary of Will Smith's murder. Not now, the actor. Who's been in the news lately. Let's not, let's not talk to the actor, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, not, not Will Smith, the actor, who we've all seen the slap and all that. <laughs> was it real? Was it fake? I don't know. Well, we're not going to talk about that because we're strictly sports. Absolutely. Will Smith, the former football player who went to Ohio State, was on the 2002 National Championship team, who also had a very illustrious career with the New Orleans Saints. He was a part of the hit scandal. He actually was throwing in money on that. And uh, he won a Super Bowl. He did. And then he retired. And he was murdered at, like, the ripe age of, man, I don't know, 34. So this story is fascinating. Dizzle doesn't know much about it, so... um, this one's kind of on me. But Will Smith, who's a uh, retired NFL player, is murdered, and it's a bizarre story. It was several years ago. In fact, the guy that murdered him, Cordell Hayes, is out of prison now. And I wish him well, and I've, I totally I totally uh, am glad that he's released. And, I, and you might feel the same way when we get done here. So um, Will Smith had a great career. He retires, and he's he's living his life with his wife. Who he he might may or may have not have been arrested one time for grabbing her hair up in, in public, <laughs> but uh, they're out drinking, and uh, they're drinking with a retired uh, like a re- retired police detective, who ironically killed Cordell Hayes's father in two thousand five. Evidently, there was some sort of situation with There's the police. Non anonymous verdicts. That's the reason what happened with the first case. Yeah, I don't understand that. We'll we'll talk about that. But I don't I don't really understand the whole non-verdict thing. Whatever. All right. So Will Smith, his wife, this old retired cop, they're in the back of his car. They're driving, and they pull to a stop sign, and they back into like the they bump into a Hummer basically, and uh, because Will's drunk, he's wasted, he backs up and just kind of goes around the Hummer and drives off. All right. Now the guy in the Hummer is like, what the heck? He's and so he basically tracks down Will's car and rams into the back of them like a mile down the road. So apparently there was a verbal alternation and exchange words. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Yep, we're getting to that. So Will tracks him down, or I'm sorry, Cordell tracks Will down, rams his Hummer in the back of his car because Will, him a fender bender basically, 
the people in Will's car, his wife and his cop said they they don't even think they hit his car, and if they did, there was there was no damage, you know. So they were surprised when they got rammed in the back. In fact, they got rammed so hard the back windshield broke out, and their car crashed in, into like the Jaguar or whatever in front of them. So Will gets out of the car, and so does Cordell, where there was a verbal exchange of words. Right. Yeah. Now, Cordell Hayes, all right, Will Smith is what, 6'4", 285 at this time, retired NFL player. Cordell Hayes is 6'6", 300 pounds, and plays uh, arena football for some team in New Orleans. All right. So Cordell gets out, and uh, so does Will. And somewhere in here, Will Will's wife gets out of the car, too. We don't know what the little cop's doing. He's in the back of the car. You know, we don't know. Will and him get into it, and somewhere, some witnesses said they heard someone say, I got a gun. And I think a few punches might have been thrown. I'm not clear on that. Some news reports say, yeah. Others' new reports don't so include that. The the report here saying that um, Hayes acted... Uh, Cordell? Yeah, he acted in self-defense. Then he... Uh, denied intentionally run into Smith's uh, Mercedes well, SUV moments n- later. Oh, it was, a, it was an SUV. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, and then he said well, he was trying he, to he dial. he definitely ran into him on purpose. There's no denying that. Yeah, then he said he was trying to dial 911. Didn't realize how close he was getting to Smith as he tried to report the apparent hit and run. Hayes said he armed himself only after he and his own passenger were this is what his Smith attorney and said. Richard Hernandez, okay, who was yeah. one of the passengers in uh, Cordell Smith's Mercedes. Well, Cordell's with his best friend. He reigns in the back of the car. Will gets out. His wife gets out. Uh, Cordell and Will get into it. Some punches might have been thrown. Words were exchanged. And Will basically turns to go to his car, supposedly to grab a pistol that's in there. And Cordell pulls out his pistol and lights him up. Shot him eight times. And seven of the eight shots were to the back. The thing that's weird is Cordell shot Will's wife in the legs first. Right. So he yeah, turns. she survived. She survived. He turns and shoots her and then unloads on Will. Basically, uh, finished the clip. There was one round left in the chamber. So he lights up Will and her. Will's dead, basically hunched over in a car. Right. And then he calls 911. Right. 911 shows up. It's a female officer, and there's Cordell standing there with his gun on the dash, clips out. There's one round in the chamber. Right. Will's dead. His wife's on the ground screaming. Well, cross them uh, when they had cross examination with uh, Assistant Orleans, New Orleans Parish District Attorney Jason Napolia. Yeah. He reported, Nate noted that no other witness said Smith had a gun. All right. And Hayes never told investors he saw a gun in Smith's hands that night. So this is where it gets weird. Not only was there a, reti- or a, a retired police officer who killed Cordell's father. Right. Before. Yeah. Which Cordell sued the city. Right. Um, we got witnesses who are saying weird things. All right. Will never got to the gun. The gun, this is where it gets weird. The gun was in the car, locked up. But when the police showed up, they never found a gun. Well, that's and weird. And witnesses say that cop... 
pulled out a gun from the car and basically dashed, like dashed, stashed it somewhere else. Right. You know, and because it's all night, at night and dark, people couldn't really see, but they thought that's what he did. Right. All right, so it wasn't until two days later when Cordell's attorneys call up and they say, hey, what, you guys found that gun, right? And they're like, no. And they're like, go search the car. Then they found the gun in some compartment. And they're like, why didn't you find it right away? And they're like, uh... We towed the car to this facility, and we got a search warrant for it first, so there wouldn't be any legal problems later on down the road, which makes no sense. We right. have a murder. That is all the, that is all the incentive you need. You don't need a, a search warrant to search a car. Okay, so they didn't find the pistol originally. The other thing is Cordell actually had another gun in the backup of his car, um, the Hummer, but Cordell actually works for like a tow service con- co- uh, company on top of playing arena football. All right, so Will gets lit up. His wife gets shot twice. She gets shot first. This is weird. Gun in the car, you know, in the lock compartment. Supposedly, the police officer disposed of some evidence. Witnesses are saying weird things. Cordell gets convicted. Honestly, as a man, I didn't really want him to get in a lot of trouble because I know how weird stuff like this can happen. Oh, the other thing is Will had a blood alcohol level of like .235. Which is over the limit. Bro, he was drunk as F. Right. And let's face it, when we get drunk on a normal night, we're not getting that drunk. No. I mean, we, we you know what I mean? Like, that's... That's, that's twice over the limit. Bro, that's that's serious. Um, of course, his wife is like, nah, you know, he, he was he was cool to drive. It's right. Like, Man, I don't know. And you're, when you're like that size, bro, he was drinking. Yep, definitely. And he was obviously wasted with this this cop. And this cop won't say nothing. You know, he's like, nah, I don't have any, I have nothing to say. Right. So we don't know why he was there, their relationship. All we know is that Will Smith was a local <laughs> celebrity down there and did a lot of charity events. Right. All right, Cordell gets convicted, tended to. He's serving life for manslaughter. Well, I don't think it was life. 15, 20 years. Either way, it was way too much time. And uh, there was some law, new law, that came out about murder convictions where it wasn't unanimous, I'm guessing, because it was a 10-to-2 verdict. And because of that, they were allowed to retry the court in a lower court. Right. Is my my understanding. That's what I understand. And that, that court let Cordell out. Which, which I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, I mean, I'm, I am sorry, Will's dead. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if he really needed to serve life. Yeah, I don't think. I he... mean, you know how it is with guys. I mean, sometimes weird stuff happens. You get into it. Next thing you know, someone's dead. Do you know what I see here? I see every single what do you house see? wasting money. Oh. Why? Because oh. there's a brand new stimulus program. All right, well, that's nice. Now we have the latest on the killing. What you got of here? Smith, his former coach. The Saints. Sean Payton is speaking this out. This is supposed to be a video. video. I'm trying to turn down the volume so we can... Ryan Smith is on the scene there in New Orleans. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Robin. Mourners have been Anyways, I'm trying to turn down this volume. Their... Oh, there we go. Don't worry. I'll edit that out. All right. Ready to move on? Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Wait a minute. What's this? What is that? What is that? I mean, I've been so soaked up in Kansas Jayhawk basketball and national championships. We forgot about tomorrow. We forgot about tomorrow. What is tomorrow? Tomorrow is a special holiday. 
It is opening day. Opening day of Major League Baseball. Go Royals. Go, go Royals. Go Royals. Go Brewers. Change out, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We are at opening day. Feel the grief, feel the bats, and baseballs. Bring them out. We are ready for some Royals baseball. We are, and I know I am. And as I said, and I always will say, I, I'm also ready for for the Brewers because I always I always be a Brewers fan too. So right, there's nothing wrong with having two teams, man. It's not, it's not. You know, and I I, I fight the Brewers because Lorenzo Cain's on there. You know. Yeah. Well, it's time for you know for a thoughts on baseball. Um, I know I have some. Yeah. 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 I like to talk about the opening day starting rotation for the Royals tomorrow too, oh, uh, dude, which I, would be old news. But go right into it, bro. I, I think, mean, I, think, I mean, we gotta uh, welcome, we gotta welcome back the man, the Cy Young winner, don't we? No, I'm, well, we already did that, but I'm just happy that we got. Uh, I'm happy that old old uh, Bobby Witt made the opening oh, day. Oh, dude, start. that's awesome. Yeah, so it'd be nice to look up. Dude, did you hear what happened? Did you hear how he was welcome to uh, yeah, the big leads? Yeah, Twitter. Uh, yeah, it was Twitter. So, uh, Matthew, uh, the coach of the Royals, the uh, he was like, "Hey, Wit," or I guess no, I guess Salvi, Salvi and Ben Attendi said, "Hey, Wit, uh, coach wants to see you in the in the office," and so like they were all pissed, like like dude, you're getting cut, basically, you know, and so he knew Witt, he knew he didn't cut. No, yeah. So Witt showed up in the office, and Matthew was like, Matheny was like, hey, Bobby Witt, congratulations. You're our st- third, starting third baseman for the opening day roster. Oh, nice. I mean, the guy deserves it, man. He's freaking killing the baseball in the minors. Yeah. No, you know what I saw in baseball? They're, they're uh, allowing pitchers an option this year to use a device so that there will be no sign stealing. And uh, I, I kind of like that idea. I don't like changing the game. I'm a purist, you know that. Yeah. But I thought I thought that that made a lot of sense because then we can just put an end to all the whining and people getting hit intentionally. I thought people hitting the Astros players that just was so stupid to me. I, I, you can't tell me a baseball player that that hasn't cheated the game in some fashion. You right. know what I mean? Come on. Right. And I know uh, I know Grinky. You can't uh, tell me even when like they were like. Little League, these kids didn't do something. Anyways, right. what about Grinky? So I know Grinky uh, did pipe in on that, um, saying that he does like it. He likes it? Uh, yeah. Well, so, they've been doing so this in using, college. So, they've been doing it in college baseball. So the My sy- dad said they've been doing it in high school baseball. So the system, which is developed by Pitch.com, which was used at times during 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. 22 spring training, was tested in the California League during the 21 no, that's what season. My, that's what my dad's high school team uses, and he says it's great. Yeah. So what So what Pitchcom works by allowing players to exchange signals yeah. using a manual mouth technology. So there's a transmitter with buttons. Did we not talk the, about this already on an episode? The catcher wears on his wrists, and the receivers, which is the... The pitchers, yeah, it's basically stuck it's, inside the hat, and and the middle infielders to allow the defensive positions to tweak on how they're going to play. Hold up, so it's this in the, it's in the hat. It's in the hat. It's in the middle part of the hat. It's right no, by the it's ear. A wrist. Where's on the no, wrist? It's it's on the catcher's wrist. All right, the catcher where the wears it on his wrist, and the receivers that can be. It's it's on the there. Hat. It's right there by the right. It's right between the ears. All right. Well, but but this this is taken away from the shift too. I think is what they're trying to eliminate. Well, baseball they already said they wanted to get rid of the shift, which 
I think that let the shift happen. If you hit it everywhere a certain time, you should they should be able to shift and adjust on you. Right. It's stupid to say you can't, but I don't know. Um other thing that was weird, all right, the Brewers, team I love. Uh the catcher, Severino, suspended for performance handsome drugs. And dude, I thought they weren't even doing uh, substance use or testing for that anymore. So I was totally surprised by that because they literally announced last month. We said it on the show that they weren't testing for that, but obviously they're testing for something. They're doing their testing. It, for it something. was like a weird fertility drug, which uh, you know, I don't know if he's trying to like basically boost his sperm count, and testosterone, probably. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm thinking. I, don't know. I was I was kind of weirded out by that. I was too when that when I I was reading that and I was thinking of you and I. I know you and I texted a little bit about that when we were talking during the week. Ooh, you know what? Something else we should say right now, our thoughts on. We were talking about doing our own sort of award show, you know? Oh, yeah. We need, we need to kind of preview that and yeah, kind of tell dude, people about dude, it. Dude, uh, to our viewers, uh, we're thinking about doing, like, making our own award show. We're going to do an ESPYs. Yeah, but, but it'll, be a, it'll be super classy. Yeah, you know? so we're going to keep it classy. We're going to... Yeah. What we're gonna do, and then this is we're gonna we're, we kind of talked about this off the air. Well, I think we have. We're gonna do a couple categories. I think I think, I think we need to do like a couple categories, and then we put up a poll. Most slappable face. Like who there? Who the people like to slap? Yeah. Who's the we'll biggest give, DB of the year? Well, yeah, DB of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like kind of we 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 give like we give out four choices, and then whoever they want to whoever votes the most. I think the play of the year was the 13-second comeback, but I think that was obviously just surpassed on Monday. The four seconds yeah, on Monday. On Monday so. I mean, so so look forward to that. Look for the polls. Look for that. We'll be asking about that up in the on the Facebook page. Uh, yeah. Spotify, if you guys want to send us emails with your votes, that would be great. We'll, we'll look at them and read them, and we'll take tallies. And so, we're going to open up that vote here probably here in a couple weeks once we figure out all the – Choices and the well, categories and stuff. We'll just we'll do it whenever our attorneys work out. The legal well, yeah, stuff. That, yeah, our legal yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Dude, thoughts on baseball though. Thoughts on I'm I'm really really excited. I want to I want to see what we're gonna get out of. Uh, you know, obviously the Royals. I'm rooting for the Brewers. I, I'm obviously we're all gonna be watching. Uh, so Hale Otani, you know, again and uh, don't want to talk about him. Dude, I love I love. Sohail, I'm not a, so. I'm not a big fan of Showtime. Uh, I think <laughs> I think Showtime's phenomenal. So. Uh, really looking forward to that. And, and you know, know what? I'm going to take a cheers though, because baseball's back and opening day is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Yeah, so happy. Glad we got that lockout situation figured out. They just needed us to do a show on it, man. I agree. Yeah. All right. So moving on. I know uh, this is a big week. Well, I know you want to do some tiger talk. I do want to do some tiger talk. Tell you guys some thoughts on that, and I, I have some thoughts on that you know, as well. I'm. I'm. And if no one knows, uh, this week's a good week for golf. Uh, as I'm a big golfer, this is what I call the Masters Week, which means this is the beginning of the golf season. So is that, uh, do people bet a lot on it? People, people like, do bet a lot. People take off work to watch that? Is it yes. like March Madness? Like, this is, what is it? This is kind of the March Madness of PGA for the professional golf because the Masters basically is the – Season starting of the golf season because it's starting to get warm. It's starting so to be spring. This will be and the this, start of Gary Woodland's potential. Re- I hope so. Oh, me too. But, yeah. but no, like this is just kind of like the beginning of the golf season for the golfers because we're starting to come out. This is one of the best majors, one of the historical majors of the year. 
the golf, there's so much tradition. There's no other tradition other than the Masters. The, of course, the winner gets crowned on Sunday. But it's just golf. But it's, it is. Just but different courses. No. Same people golf in different courses, right? No, this course happens every year in Augusta, Georgia. And there's so much history behind it. Bro, it was, I totally played Tiger Woods golf. Well, I, I know the courses. But it's basically just those courses and the same people playing them. It in is, but there's order. so much. It's so like, so hey, much. we're in Augusta this weekend. Next weekend, we're going to Torrey Pines. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, that's how it works, right? Yeah, but the Masters is always at Augusta. Yeah. And there's always so much, like, Tuesday night. It starts off Tuesday night at the Masters where the the guy the, the guy that won it last year. Who is he's, that? Uh, his name is Adako Matsui, or Matsuyama. He, oh, yeah, um, I like that guy. He's a Jap- Japanese guy. Yeah, I like him. And he served, he did this champion's dinner because whoever won the the tournament last year has to uh, serve the dinner the next the next year for all the former champions that's all, won the so green they jacket. To, they all get together for dinner. The so night the private before, dinner, and, yeah. And he Matsuyama puts it on. Yeah, and so he had. Oh, that's cool. So last night on on the menu, it was a bunch of Japanese stuff. I mean, it was like a, a couple of assortments of um, uh, sushi. Dude, I love Japanese. Then food. some. Uh, checks uh, some chicken su- uh, skewers. Nice. Um, he had a thing of uh, the strawberry, sh- the Japanese uh, strawberry short- shortcake. He had an eight ounce ribeye that was really good. Oh, oh it, was, I bet it was good. It was like a grilled Jap- salmon. Dude, it looks freaking good. Is, is good. <laughs> you know, so but all right. well, here's my here's my thoughts on. All right, Tiger's back. Tiger is back. I've gotten all the sports emails about how great this is and how much he means to the game and what he's accomplished. It's like, yeah, next to Gary Woodland, Tiger's my favorite golfer. Why not? I've never hated on Tiger, never will. I'm excited, Tiger. But my thought is, man, I wonder how much HGH he had to do to get back to play after that crash. Like, this dude's probably been snuffing uh, deer antler spray for every day for like the last six months. Well, he said he at when he was talking to people at the at the father son PNC championship in December. He was talking about how frustrated he is with his recovery and how he's frustrated with what's kind he of frustrated about. But now here he is in you know in April for about five and a half months. I mean, people knew he was. He was trying to get to the mat. He wanted to come back to Augusta. He wanted to come you back and play. We should do a dang podcast on what do these guys do to recover so quickly? How does he come back? How does Alex Smith come back and play in the NFL? Like, there, there, there's so much. It's got to be more than HGH, deer antler spray, fountain of youth. Like, are they, are they killing dead babies? What are they doing? They have to be doing something. Yeah, we we should look into that. I agree, hundred percent. We should. Yeah, yeah. we should. Hey, you know what, man? It's been it has been a crazy last seventy two hours. It has, but you know, you know, I'm we, still I, I'm still in I, celebration mode, man. <laughs> you know, I feel like I feel I, like I feel like we won we won in 08. I feel like we've been national champs ever since. But man, it feels great. It really does. It feels great. I can't wait to be there late night and seeing the banner and uh, seeing the banner lit up in Allen Fieldhouse. Are you gonna go? I'm gonna go. I was thinking about going too. You know, I mean, it's free. Why not? I'll, I'll go check it out. I want to see that banner. Walking into the walking into Fieldhouse and being the the resilience and knowing that our beloved Kansas Jayhawks are. I feel bad the, for the, the 2022 
national champions. We're 10 to 1 odds winning next year. I feel bad that 2020 didn't get the chance, but I wonder if we would have won it in 2020, would we have won it this year? You know, I think we would have. I mean, we, we, but at the same time, did it, would Abaji, Abaji probably wouldn't have left. Probably. But you know just what? soak in. Let's just soak in the moments. Because we are the champions. Which we did. Which we did. We fought to the end. We did. No time. I got time for that. Alright, we gotta do it, John. We gotta do it, Doc. Rock, Chuck, Jayhawk, K. Chuck Jayhawks. We'll see you later.